0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here with Erin Eddy, the author of So Worth Loving, How Discovering Your True Value Changes Everything. And Erin is actually a really new friend uh, to me, so I am going to have her introduce a little bit more about herself. And I wish you could see her because she's super cute sitting here, <laughs> this big smile, uh, the great background full of... Books and just you—you you could you can get a sense of who she is um, just by looking at her. But I want you, Erin, um, if you could share a little bit more about who you are,
1: so people get um, just a little bit of an idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm Erin Eddy. I live uh, just south of Atlanta in Georgia. Uh, I grew up uh, by two parents that were from the Midwest. And somehow, I don't have your typical Southern Belle story. My parents manufactured furniture, which if you can see in the background, you Beautiful. see it. They yeah. can't, but well, you'll know. I have furniture in the background that is very Santa Fe, New Mexico inspired. And so I grew up with textures. I grew up with just a creative household. My parents were free spirits and manufactured furniture for over 30 years. And I always, I was brought up into believing that Anything that you want to do, you can pursue it if you have resiliency and um, realistic. Realistic. I mean, they were very realistic. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't grow wings and fly, but I did grow up with this. Um, within your skill set, you can pursue the things that you want. And so, that's a little bit about my back. My backstory. Um, I own a clothing company called So Worth Loving. I've owned that for ten years. We we sell to all fifty states and over thirty countries with the message that you are so worth loving, no matter your past mistakes, relationship status, career choice, or the history that you come from. And we've been able to see people wear our product that sparks conversations about self-worth and identity and purpose and anxiety and fear and depression. And I've seen thousands of stories of individuals wrestling with believing that they are worthy of love. And in my personal journey, I wrestled with that and that's I think that's why we're here because I wrote a book about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited to dive into all of that. Now, take me back to um the beginning in of even just your uh clothing brand and this message of so worth loving. Did it come out of a place of like, I know I'm so worth loving? Is this is this is easy for me? <laughs> Um, like, what is your personal story with that? And then also, I want to dive into just even the clothing brand.
1: Yeah, I accidentally started it. So I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was in my early twenties. I I didn't go to college. I graduated high school. Not really sure what I wanted to do. I just didn't feel like college was the path for me. And so I decided to apply for a position as a um kind of just the grunt work gal. I was like, I'll do whatever you want for this ministry. And they hired me and I worked my way into that organization as the art director. So I learned I love to tell a story through art and uh, whatever that may be in different mediums, photography, videography, graphic design. I just, I love, I love telling story in that way. So as I was working there, I, the founder asked me, I was 22 at the time. And he said, Aaron, sky's the limit what do you want to do with your life and you would think with my parents bringing me up with this like resilient like do it do whatever you feel called to do and do it well mentality i would know what i wanted to do and what I, i would know what my sky's the limit or sky sky's the limit dream is but i didn't and i didn't know how to answer that question and so i wonder i pondered on that question for a while and you know what what came to my mind was music i wanted to pursue music so i started to pursue music and how i got to the word so worth loving um, was really the bridge the bridge was my music i uh, created songs that were uplifting and empowering and i just wanted to empower and inspire somebody that was having a bad day and it never came out of a space of i always have good days and i want people to have them too it was just life is hard sometimes and sometimes we just need to like zone out and listen to a really good song that just makes us feel good and that's what i wanted to create and so i decided i wanted to create some sort of product for the people that supported my music i wanted to create something for them because i was so grateful and just humbled and in awe that somebody would want to support my music and share it because it was growing fairly quickly. It was getting licensed on TV shows. And so I wanted to just empower somebody else. And so this phrase, so worth loving, came to my mind. Now when I look back, I can see that was a, those were words that I truly desired to believe about myself. I had a lot of questions around. But then I thought I was doing it because I wanted to love on the people that believed in me. And I wanted to gift them something because they were gifting me belief. But now I can look back and go, oh no, you know, five years into owning so worth loving, I realized I don't actually know what that means. I don't know what it really means to live your life through the lens you're worthy of love. I can tell other people that easily. You know, we tell all of, all of our friends, you know, like, why you know, you can, you're so talented. Why are you at this job? You know, or why are you dating him? Like you're so much, you're worth so much more than that. We can do that for others, but rarely do we look inwardly. And so I learned pretty quickly in in the five years that I really did not know what so worth loving meant.
0: Wow. So um, did you start off saying like, okay, I'm going to make this merch for the people who are following me. Um, And it became this massive uh production or um like what w- what were some I'm just curious to know some of the details. Yeah. Um from the original process, like what was the original steps to actually becoming a company? And then <laughs> I want to circle back to what you just said cuz I think there's a lot there as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, so when I say I accidentally started it, I had no capital to buy product and screen print shirts. Like I just, I had no money. Uh, I had all the money that I had extra was going into my recording for music. And so I decided it was a passion project. Really. I decided to put my home address on my blog, which was Tumblr at the time I was on a, a Tumblr blog. It was called Tumblr, the platform. And, uh, this is before Facebook, Instagram was really a thing. Like it was like MySpace, LiveJournal, Zanga, Tumblr. And so Oh, goodness, my dad, I'm sure if he knew how to use a computer, he would have taken my address down. Um, So I put my home address on my blog. I said, mail me your personal t-shirt and I'll spray paint that you're so worth loving on the t-shirt and I'll mail it back to you for free. And I received hundreds of shirts in the course of eight months of people wanting to carry this message. And with that came handwritten letters of, thank you for telling me this. I've never believed this about myself or I grew up in a household where my dad never hugged me. And I just, and so like detailed stories of people's lives as they were writing and sharing why they felt unworthy of love and why they wanted to carry the message, but also why they wanted to maybe remind somebody else that was going through something really hard, whether it be self-harm, uh, anxiety, depression, miscarriage, whatever circumstance that shifts our view of ourselves, uh, people wanted to carry this message. So after that, I realized, spray painting t-shirts is not sustainable (laughs) and my fingers were getting really tired. So I decided to screen print a tiny batch of like five smalls, ten mediums, six larges and just see what would happen. And I'd put a store up on Cyber Monday on, on Shopify and from there on I knew that this was what I was supposed to do. And uh, we, we quickly, we quickly grew as a community online, sharing other people's stories from all over the world. Um, And then of course, you know, with with something that you launch, there's like this immediate, everybody loves it wants to know about it to then this like, this slump that you get in, where you're like, why am I doing this anymore? You know, like, no one's buying anything to then another peak. So I, I've been on the entrepreneurial roller coaster of ups and downs, but we grew very quickly where I, uh, we were shipping all over the world uh, on college campuses to just in households, like people buying them for their, their mom or their daughter or their brother or their son going through something that has shifted their perspective of believing they're worthy of love. So I, uh, yeah, I've had brick and mortar stores. Uh, we've been in over 30 retail stores. so it, I didn't know what I was starting. And I guess that's where I hit burnout when I said about five years in, because I was just responding to the call. Uh, but I didn't realize how ill equipped I was until five years in. <laughs> Well, just hearing
0: honestly, hearing the story sounds so overwhelming to me. Even <laughs> just the first part, thinking about having people send you their stuff, I'm I'm the worst at actually physically mailing anything. So that <laughs> I'm always amazed when people have these like Etsy shops and they're like, I make this thing, and then I I'm like, you you go to the mail, box? like know, like like where so how true. are you? Because part of it is also I mean just the logistics of like what size is the package and how does it weigh? And then like there, it feels very complicated. At least in Canada, it's very complicated <laughs> and very expensive. So um, that would have been a like hard stop for me just in general. But then I'm, I'm imagining all of the little steps along the way where you're figuring out, okay, where are we, like, what's the material of the t-shirt we're getting? What is the, um, font going to be? What's the color? Like there are so many little decisions and so many. And in some ways, I think what I want to unpack here is that um, that's all so much hard work. And yet you found yourself in this place of like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think what we miss sometimes is we hear the message of this is what I made to do. We don't actually see all of those really painful things, or even like you said, that slump, oh, that Mm. deeply resonated with me, um, where it's like, yeah, you start off and you're excited and people are excited. And then you're in that place where it's like, oh, it's hard. And continuing to get this message out there is going to be a lot of work. And what, you know, it is, um, it's that balance of, I just went forward with this idea, this need, this little thing. And I think that's so much of where we start discovering those parts of like who we're created to be absolutely and then in it is like wow decisions about hiring people and where to do this like all of those little things Mm -hmm. are so much work yet it's also the thing you were created to so i just love Mm -hmm. that balance of like how um it's complicated um And so I think that for whoever's listening, if you feel like you're like, hey, I want to, I really want to do the thing I've been created to do and be, and yet there's also going to be these mundane, Mm. like things, and there's going to be setbacks, and there's going to be just these really, really hard um, places. So. You did uh, mention burnout, which I think is so understandable. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: tell me a little bit about that and what that season looked like. Yeah. Well, I, and I just want to say I'm so grateful that you recognize that the little there's little details, the mundane things. There are the mundane things in our, our, um, you know, our, on our path of pursuing what it is that we want to do. And I think sometimes we, especially on social media, we watch other people show up or arrive to their career. And yet what caused them to uh, quote unquote arrive really is the going and buying packing tape from staples and and then remembering to print the labels with the date on the same day to put on the package, to drop it off, like like those little things. I just wanted to first, yeah. before I go into burnout, like that is so real, <laughs> so yeah, real. Totally. It's all those yeah. little things that I'm so bad at too. Um, burnout for me, I was trying to be everything to everyone. I was trying to please everyone um i i would i think i even had a little bit of a savior mentality because i am in my you know mid 20s at the time and receiving stories of people wrestling with their own identity and i'm leading an organization that reminds you that you're worthy of love and i think i need to help everybody and save them and tell them and so met with that and then learning to be a leader of a staff. I mean, I remember at the time, I think I had a team of about 11 people, um, including interns and, you know, a a lease to a building of a retail store that was 3000 square feet and tenants in there. I mean, it was, there was so much and I was trying to please everybody, tell everybody they're worthy of love. And I'm, I, my home life is just complete disarray. I mean, it's it's burnt. It's like I come home, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. At the time, my, my former husband and I, we both were entrepreneurs, so we were both burnt out always, and we just kept telling ourselves, this is just a season, but it was really a lifestyle, and I think with burnout, the biggest red flag is when you keep saying, it's a season. This is just a season. This is just a season that we're in, but when it turns into a, but when we don't recognize it's a lifestyle is, uh, that you're just doomed for, for an implosion of some sort. And that's kind of what happened to me. Uh, everything kind of came to a boiling point and, you know, eventually, I mean, it's like, we like to say stuff suddenly happens, Burnout doesn't suddenly happen. It's a slow drip of many choices. And mine were people pleasing up the wazoo, pleasing staff, pleasing customers, pleasing mentors, pleasing, pleasing everybody. And yet not caring at all to myself and to, um, in my, to my home life. And so goodness, I have a, a, a very fond, not fond. I have a very, well, I mean, it is, I guess I'd see it as fond because man, through that pain, of that burnout I grew exponentially um, and I was reminded of what what is uh, what I'm supposed to do which is take care of myself so
0: (laughs) and how did you how did you go from that place Mm. of everything so being so chaotic Mm. to starting to be like okay I can't live this way anymore something's got to change how did you go from burnout to like healthy (laughs) thriving life?
1: Oh, yes. Awareness. I had to become very aware of my choices. Like the result of my choices. I think sometimes we can be in denial. Like I said, like we say, like it's a season. Um, I think that's denial. I had to become very aware of, you know, this is what I, this is what I desire for my life over here. But these are the choices that I'm making over here. And if I keep making these choices, it's not going to get me over here to what I desire for myself, which is like a a healthy, balanced life and a a life that is an example of taking care of myself, being a good sister, a good mom, a good aunt, you know, a good friend. Uh, I can show up for my friends. Like If I'm only showing up for my customers and I'm not showing up for my friends, something is off and so i had to become very aware and in the in the book i have a section called look in and it's all of my awareness of things that i've believed lies that i have believed um and since i was 7 i can pinpoint when I was seven years old, a lie I told myself, and then it was just like manifested up until I decided to bring it to light. Uh, and so I think bringing your thoughts to light is a one way of learning um, how to live in a healthy lifestyle, um, becoming aware of the thoughts that you think, becoming aware of the result of your choices, and, uh, and then bringing one or two or three max, like it doesn't need to be a lot, but like one or two people that you value, that you see that has integrity and good characteristics that you are inspired by, bring those people around you and um, and then get a really good therapist so that you can just dump all that stuff on your therapist so you can maintain really good friendships. <laughs> Your friends shouldn't be your therapist, and your therapist should not just be your friend. So you got to have the balance of both. <laughs> so good. Now, in that
0: place where you were in that place of um, burnout, and you mentioned like you were struggling to even believe this message of so worth mm-hmm. loving for yourself, um, what was the process for you of like was you mentioned earlier how people kind of sometimes have this shift where something happens and they're like, yeah, I don't believe that about myself. So did something happen for you? Was there a shift for you Mm -hmm. um, that you were like, oh, I don't know if I feel worthy of loving anymore. Um,
1: Just unpack that for me. Yeah. I Yes. Yes and yes to all of your questions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I – during my divorce, I – I was stripped of anything I found my sense of worth in, so financial, um, reputation, status, community. Um, I mean, yeah, all, all I found, I found my identity in all of those things. So divorce really was a, it was a death of so many things for me. Uh, and when everything was gone, when everything got quiet, and I was left with myself and just me um, in debt. Heartbroken, um, loss of friends, loss of status, and it was just me. I got to really see what I, where I was finding my sense of worth, and it was in all of those things, and it wasn't in my inherent worth that God has and we had has when he when I was born. It wasn't out of this inherent worth that. Um, comes from not having to perform, not having to do certain things or please certain people, but just my true value. I didn't know what that was like to live out of that space. I only knew how to perform well. And that was the lie when I was seven. I said, I was a performer. I loved karaoke machines and singing to my parents. And I'd grab my microphone and sing, you know, Kiss from the Rose by Seal. and <laughs> Shania Twain, I would just, I loved singing and performing, but I told myself when I was seven that if you perform well and people respond, that you are seen, you are worthy to be listened to, you are worthy to be noticed, and you are um, worth loving because you made other people feel good. And so divorce, I made not a lot of people feel good, you know, because it's such a such a um, sensitive topic, of course, and it should be but I learned, I learned that I was finding my worth in all of those things. And uh, I had to become very honest about that. And that just kind of comes back to the awareness piece that I am aware that I am finding my sense of worth in all of these things. And that can't be true. That can't be true. Like I surely, I have more value, um, I, surely, I'm valuable of, apart from those things. Surely, I have something to offer apart from those things like or or what else? You know, what else is there um, if somebody goes through that, are they valued? You know, I started asking those questions because uh, I was wondering about that. I think we it's so important for us to ask the question about self-worth and identity. Because it's the thing that's not talked about enough, yet we deep down have a ton of questions that we want to talk about.
0: I just think that's so relatable, everything you said about um, where we may not say it, but when you're talking about it, I think it's easy for things to come to mind and go, oh, where, where am I finding my value? Where am I finding? And like when you said all of those things got stripped away, like the finances, the relationship, like all of those things. And you're kind of almost feeling like I'm left with nothing. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? And so, you know, I think for some of us, we've maybe not hit rock bottom in all of those at the same time, but we've had those moments where something gets stripped away and we're like, who am I now? Yeah. And um, I think, it's so good to pause and there's so many things we can find our value in today, especially I think about social media and mm. um, the things that we share, getting well received or the number of followers or any of those things that people can see um, or again, like the, the bank account or the
1: mm. any
0: kind of um, any kind of like what looks like success. Mm -hmm. In the eyes of the world. And even as you're talking, I'm thinking, what does it look like for us to say, hey, like, you don't have to perform. You don't have to tick these boxes. Like, those are not the things um, that declare your worth. And I think really the base of so much of this message is just the gospel, right? Like, this is just the message of that Jesus is like... You are so worth loving. Like, I came and died for you, Mm -hmm. not because of what you've done or all these great things you're going to do. Like, even in your brokenness, even in Mm -hmm. those places where you feel shame, even in your mistakes, like all of those things, Jesus is like, I'm right here loving you. And so I think that's why this message is so powerful. And I was even thinking, as you're talking about how. Like putting on a piece of clothing. I mean, it's amazing how often the Bible it says like, put on like strength and dignity, and put mm. on like a garment of praise. It's like you're literally putting on this label mm-hmm. that says I'm so worth loving. And we wear these invisible labels all the time. These yeah. negative things that, um, you know, would I go around wearing a T-shirt that said like, I'm subpar? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> In a, I'm a, actually. There was a sweater I almost bought a few years ago that said "World's Okayest Mom," and I was oh. like, "That that feels pretty accurate." Um, but you know, we have these labels. A few years ago, I was at this very small retreat, and um, the woman leading it had these yellow sticky notes, and she went through some some events in her life that shaped who she was, and wrote a word down. There were all these negative labels, and she put them all over. What she was wearing and you saw her wearing these yellow sticky labels and you wanted to run over there and rip them off and be like that's not you and she just just talking about how really that's what jesus mm-hmm. does as he strips these negative labels off and he says like you are worth loving not because of what you've done but because of who i am and who have created you to be so yeah oh,
1: it's mm. such that's a so uh, that's so true and, and we we don't i don't i think that we're scared to sometimes ask the question that like, for me, I was scared to be really honest because I thought if I'm honest about my questions, that might mean they're true. So I would deny them or I would suppress them. Uh, You know, is like, is it really true that Jesus died for me and the things that I've done and my past mistakes he's forgiven? Like, The stuff, I mean, I have a lot of baggage. I made some poor choices in a a season. It was just destructive choices. And it was beyond me to think that Jesus loves me just the same. Like I could be lovable. Like I could still have value when I did a lot of stuff that devalued me. I think that we're scared to ask that question because we're scared... We're scared someone might say, no, you're not. But the truth is that's like such fear, right? That's, that's, that's the Lord gives us, is it in first Timothy uh First Timothy 2, I think, and talks about how the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. And so I just remind myself that every time I'm like, Lord, this is a spirit of fear. This is not a spirit of love. This is not a spirit of self-control. This is not a spirit of power. And that I just remind myself over and over again, anytime that negative thought of Mm, I don't know if you are worthy of, or you're valuable, or that you you deserve a second chance at something, or you deserve, you know, you you relapsed in the way that you took care of your finances, and you made some bad choices with that, or with that relationship. You did you did that thing that you said you wouldn't do, you know. Those thoughts come over us, shame comes over us, and I just have to remind myself I am not. I am, Lord, you do not have a spirit of fear in me. You have a spirit of love, self-control and power. And I pray that over me over and over and over again so that I can live out the truth that I'm worthy of love. But sometimes, yeah, sorry, I went on a tangent, but sometimes we just, we don't, we, we are scared to ask the question and God is so confident. He's not scared of our questions.
0: Well, I love, I wanna highlight two things you said there. One is just being super honest with God, Mm -hmm. I think is so, you know, we hold back these like deepest parts of us that we have, again, this fear attached to like what, what's going to happen if I really do bring this out into the light. And I think that's really where freedom is. And Mm -hmm. so I love that idea of like, yeah, be honest with God, like get it out. I've had times where I've been driving around or sometimes even walking and like just letting it all out, (laughs) you know, like crying, screaming, whatever, like just getting it out there um mm. and then the other thing you shared is that you're also speaking truth over yourselves, mm. over yourselves, your are oneself, over yourself. Um, and how important that is for us to remind ourselves, you know, and even mm. in the Bible it talks about like the Holy Spirit being our advocate and how he will um, remind us of things we've read. Like so just like you said second Timothy 1: 7 that that verse, it's like he's gonna bring that to mind he's actually advocating for us. He's like, hey, like he's our, our champion, like our coach. But he's like, but we are going to co-labor together. I need you to actually speak the truth over yourself Mm -hmm. and also give yourself these pep talks of truth. And, you know, I recently went through this short season of just feeling like incredibly discouraged. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what is going on here? And it, it came back to, again, that place of let's get, let's get all the junk out. Let's get all the lies out. Mm. Let's go back to what the truth is. And I had this moment of like, oh, you know what? I really had just been believing some lies again and and holding on to the hand of like doubt and discouragement when God's like, no, 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 this is actually the truth. So let's Mm. let your mind hear. Let's let your ears hear it. You may not feel it. Your circumstances haven't changed, but let's speak out the truth. So I love that Aaron was sharing that because I think that's a very, very practical takeaway of getting the lies out, but yeah. then replacing them with the truth. And it's, um, it is an active um, thing we're doing. Like it's a, it's a, it's a verb. It's very, it's very much participatory. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in this fight, like I you said at the very beginning, life is hard. <laughs> and right now life is really hard. Yes. And it what is. does it look like just to kind of, you know, fight back with? the truth and fight back. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that um, there are some days where I think we feel extra weary. And I think mm-hmm. it's okay to be really gentle mm-hmm. with ourselves in that. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm going to put on some worship music. I'm going to let that do some fighting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of having those having those practices in place because we're all – None of us have arrived in this yeah. place where we're like, and now I no longer struggle with um, issues of <laughs> yes. doubt or do you know what I mean? Any of those oh. things. But maybe we have a few tools where we said, okay, I, you know, I've been here before. I know what this is like. I know what it looks like to fight. Mm. Um, and so being able to kind of engage in that way.
1: Goodness, yes, we don't arrive. And I think, I, I you know, I remember when I was going through just that rock bottom time I think people thought just because I started So Worth Loving, that meant I knew all the answers to self-worth and identity and learning or knowing how to live your life through the lens that you're worthy of love. And I had no clue how to do it. And I, you know, and then writing a book, I think people, you know, I, I share in the book, I say, this is not a 10-step program or this is not a 10 steps to learning your self-worth. Like if that's the book kind of book you want, probably shouldn't pick up my book. My book is a formal journal of my wrestlings and my questions and my honest thoughts on self-worth. But even at the very end in the conclusion, I talk about how um, I said, do you still have questions on self-worth? Good, because I don't have all the answers. And we don't fully ever arrive. We don't arrive to our, you know, being able to fully live out that we're worthy of love. I feel like life and the circumstances that we face are are mirrors. They, are, they reveal to us, once more why we need the lord in our life to teach us how to live a life that is free and light and full of grace and compassion and love because circumstances bring out what we think about ourselves brings out what we think about other people and we just we don't arrive because a new circumstance comes and a new learning comes and you're like oh i thought i was doing great and then you're like I do. I apparently do not like change. At least this kind of change. I don't like this kind of change. Hundred <laughs>
0: um, percent. Well, what would you say to the woman who's listening, who's like, "That's so great for you guys. I'm so happy for you both that you <laughs> you got these great ways to figure out how uh, loved you are." What would you say to the person who's like, "I'm just not there. Like, I feel mm-hmm. I feel so low, or I feel like I've been stuck in." these circumstances, these thought patterns, um, you don't know my story. Like I really am too far gone. I really have done too much. Like, what would you say to that person Mm -hmm. who's just feeling like they're, that's where they are?
1: Mm. I would say a few things. I would, I would share that. Um, I, I would just encourage the person that's listening that, that has that that does feel like oh, I've made too many poor choices. Like, how do I even begin? The mountain seems so big to climb. I would encourage them to think about the small things that they can do and celebrate those small victories. I remember a time when I was so depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I wasn't brushing my teeth. In fact, like I just never brushed my teeth. I didn't want to, I didn't want to shave my legs. I didn't want to take care of myself. I just I taking care of myself seemed like such a feat, like genuinely taking care of myself and sleeping all day seemed like the right thing to do. And uh, drinking a lot seemed like that made me feel better it numbed, numbed my senses. And so I remember uh, deciding, okay, I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to shave my legs. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to do my hair and That's all I did. That's all that I accomplished that day. And, you know, you look at my long list of all the things that I need to do, all the things I had debt collectors calling me at the time. I was just, I was just a mess, but, um, I was worth taking a shower and I was worth brushing my teeth and I was worth just taking, doing the little acts of taking care of myself. And so somebody that right now is just like, that's great, but I'm too far gone. I'm just, I don't even know where to begin. I would say just do the small thing. Do one small thing that feels like a feat. Like if it's cooking dinner for yourself, if it's going and stocking your fridge, if it's like whatever, like, and I mean that because it's like sometimes the little things in life feel like big, giant, anxiety-induced, endeavors that it's, you just don't even want to do those things. So my encouragement, do the little things. And then when you have a setback or you make a, you make a choice that, you know, you relapsed in talking to this guy or you relapsed in, you know, drinking or you relapsed in, um, maybe just negative thought life. Maybe you just relapsed in your negative thoughts, give yourself so much grace and pay attention to how you're talking to yourself. And, and maybe, journaling, um, journaling those thoughts, asking the Lord to give you specific prayers that you can hold on to throughout the day. I did that. I I put um, prayers and my reminders on my phone and I I scheduled them out. So I did 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 3 p.m. I was very just breath prayers I just and interlaced my entire day with a conversation with the Lord when I felt weary and I didn't really know what to pray and I was kind of angry at God or just was wondering where is he he's not around when I that that feeling would come in to me I would just pray those prayers and they would they would come up on my phone as a reminder so to, I guess to recap because I, I gave I threw out a lot but to recap would be choose like, one one great victory that you can do for yourself because you're worthy of it give yourself grace when you uh, relapse and and a you know whether it's a poor choice or a thought and surround yourself with prayer and scripture and have it as a reminder on your phone
0: well I love that I think those are such practical <laughs> tips and sometimes we have this idea that it has to be um almost this place of like Instant success, or like mm. I know when I am feeling low or overwhelmed, or let's just say um, I'm sitting in my basement right now that looks fairly chaotic um, with a lot of things that need to get you know decluttered and put away, and it I can look at it and say I'm never going to get this done. Like this job feels way too big, but what I can do is I can say there is one box over there related to like Christmas items or something. Mm-hmm. What if I just put that box away today right like and I think that idea of like there's something small and one thing I love especially even you know that that part with grace I think is so we I think especially in the last year and a bit that we've been through I really don't think we can give ourselves too much grace Mm -hmm. or understanding Um, we can just hold ourselves to such a high um, standard Mm. of perfection of where we should be that that actually paralyzes us so when we give ourselves grace we can actually say okay you know what I am I am going to do this one little thing whether it's have a shower and do you know especially in those first few months of COVID where people were like not showering or wearing (laughs) pants is the best like yeah that's true but there's also something to be said for like actually getting yourself ready you do feel better so, you know, so doing, that, doing that little thing and I've found what happens, especially if we just tackle the thing that we, like that one thing that is kind of a feat for us in the moment, it actually builds a little bit of momentum inside of us. And mm. it's that internal momentum where we go, oh, okay, I I did that. And there's going to be all these things that happen to my body that feel good. And they're like, you know what, mm. I think I could actually do this thing now. And so we're really just starting small yeah. And we're building on that and we're not trying to take down the entire thing in one day, but just say, what does it look like to like give myself grace in this day yeah. and do this one little thing and give myself grace for how that actually looks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of keep building from there. And I know for myself, especially when I was in such a low place about four years ago, um, had my third daughter, postpartum depression, yeah. crying all the time, really couldn't get dressed, um, you know, much less yeah. pick up my daughter from school and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it was hard, A, to give myself grace. Cause I had this idea i I'm seeing people on on, um, Instagram or whatever. I'm like, you're doing science projects with your two-year-old. Like we're watching TV, you know, yeah, and, right. and trying to figure out like how to, uh, manage up, giving myself the grace. And even just saying, like, I had a friend who said, you know what, your kids laughed today Mm. and you fed them like we're not Mm. gonna go let's not start shaming people about the you know what I mean there's oh the the mummy culture it's just it can be brutal um but like let's look at those wins like let's just change the lens a little bit about like you know when you needed to go cry you put them in front of a show they got to have so much fun while you went and took care of that you know like that place that you needed to tend to and and so I just feel like if I were to look back on that person, I would say, hey, like, hey, you're doing a whole lot better than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And get, keep giving yourself a lot of grace because this is a hard season. And so I think for yeah. right now, um, you know, we we often kind of, because I think we've been in this weird COVID land for so long, we get this idea of like, oh, I should be okay by now. like, And it's like, no, 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 there's, there are, it's okay to come back to those things that you maybe grieved a year ago and to grieve them again. Like it's okay to um, give yourself grace for that. So Mm, yeah, I love all your tips.
1: That's so, I'm so grateful for your vulnerability because that's so real. I have so many friends that have gone through postpartum and they've just, they've dealt with the, the comparison, the comparison of other moms and then other moms shaming and just, it's, It's a, it's a real thing. And those small, the small things you can do for yourself and the small things that you can find are the things that lead to big change. And that's, I mean, small steps lead to big change, but the, we we just, sometimes we want the big change and not have to do the small steps because we're just tired, you know, we're just, we're just tired. We're struggling. Can't we just get to the top of the mountain? Why do we have to go through the woods?
0: (laughs) Take an elevator.
1: Oh, yes. Take an elevator. Why doesn't this mountain have an elevator?
0: <laughs> well, and and you know, it's hard as it is, like, so I, I've heard you share a little bit about this debt process. And so my husband and I have been in this, um, you know, if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey, yeah. like we've been in this place for the last few months. And often we've had this oh, like, it'd be so nice to be there. Like, we mm-hmm. want to be there. Yeah. And you fantasize about the whole, like, winning the lottery or something <laughs> happening. That's so true. And my husband just said, um, like, my daughter, I think, was talking about, like, what would it look like if this happened? And and my husband's like, I think actually what's going to happen is we're going to just keep making these steps mm-hmm. and God's going to continue to grow us because this is the process. And I think that's the hard thing is, like, I don't want to be in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some ways, if I can recognize like, okay, we're we're making these forward steps. Mm. Yes, sometimes it's frustrating, frustratingly slow, um, but God is growing us in this process. There are things oh. we're learning. And I even actually said to my husband, um, you know, we, right now, what we're learning with our money is actually not just for this season of mm-hmm. paying off debt. It's for when we're wealthy it's Mm -hmm. the belief that like you know what when we Mm. actually are in a place where we have a lot of money we are still going to need to know how to manage money because Mm. we have not really known how to manage money and so i'm like Mm. actually we need this process we need the time to learn how to manage money well so that when we have lots of it and we're still stewarding it well like we can we can continue to do that and so Sometimes it's like we want to be past the process, but we also have to learn in the process, yes. right?
1: Oh, that's so good. And it's so important, especially with money, because I feel like I'm in this still learning my relationship with money. It's so easy to, uh, when you become aware of You know, like, oh, I'm inexperienced in this, like what you're sharing. Like you learn like, man, we don't know how to manage, but we're learning so that we can not only get rid of debt, but we can also, you know, when money comes through, we can be good stewards to it. When you have that awareness, I think sometimes it's really easy, at least for me, what I do is when I have the awareness, I immediately shame myself. Oh, see, why did you do that? Or like, why? you know, you, you should be more like this. You're flawed or you're defected or, and that sounds really extreme, but I think sometimes we can tell ourselves certain things or feel ashamed about the awareness that we step into. And I've had to, I've had to just pray like, Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing this aware to me, for me to grow. And instead of because my immediate thought is, oh, it's so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing that this is how I handle my money. I handle my money this way. And this is what I do with it. And this is, I should know I'm 34. Like, I should know these things. And, why, you know, it's like, I will go down that spiral. But it, I just always have to be like, oh, Lord, okay. Lord, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention and wanting to teach me how to do it. I always have to do that. Because if not, I'm just like, zoom, like a vortex yeah. just spiraling out. <laughs> Well, I feel
0: like it's that Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. It says like, search me, God, tell mm. me what's going on. And then he does. And and uh, mm. Psalm 139 verse 24 in the passion translation, it sounds, it's like, um, and you will like see if there's any path of pain I'm walking on mm. and lead me back into your path of peace. And I think that's so often the awareness piece is that he's like, hey, you're actually walking down a pretty destructive path over here. So I'm going to lead you back mm. to this path of peace. And so I think that's the, I think that's the beauty of spending time with God is that he gives us so many of those aha moments of awareness. And we're like, okay, this is kind of gross about me, but yeah. it's actually a good thing. It's for freedom. Mm, that's now. so good. Erin, I have loved having this conversation with you. I actually think we could keep going for a few more hours. I know. Um, but <laughs> Part two. We're gonna have to. we We're going to have to end it here. Uh, I'd love, I'm sure people want to know more about where they can find your book, where they can find you and So Worth Loving. So where can
1: people find all those things? Yes. If you go to soworthloving.com book, you'll be able to find it there. You can find, you can follow us on Instagram at So Loving. And you can follow me personally, Erin, E-R-Y-N, E-D-D-Y on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I think my book is in all the major places. So you should, if you just Google So Worth Loving, you'll find it there too. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm excited to keep following you and see what is next for you. And thank you. You shared so much wisdom today. I trust it's going to help women move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, But I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something. But when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered often it is the exact thing i needed to hear so if someone popped into your mind click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them and thank you for listening to ready to thrive